Growing as educators means reflecting on our own practices and listening and learning from our colleagues. As teachers, it's easy to get lost within the walls of our classrooms and schools. Our goal is to connect teachers and educators and share what's happening in our district. This is the Santa Barbara Unified Looped In Podcast. Connecting educators, sharing ideas, and improving instructional practices. I'm Gina Pierce. And I'm Rob Cooper. And we are your hosts for the Santa Barbara Unified School District Looped In Podcast. Recently, SB Unified has been putting a greater emphasis on social-emotional learning. The goal is to teach students skills to build their mental health and resilience so that as they grow, they can adapt and handle what comes at them. Research shows that students' brains are not available for academic learning when they are undergoing intense emotions, so it makes sense why the district has been making a shift to not just focus on academics alone, but the development of the whole child. So, what are these skills that students need to build their mental health and resilience? According to CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, social and emotional learning includes five core competencies that are vital for school, work, and life success. Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. People with these strong social-emotional skills are better able to cope with everyday challenges and benefit academically, professionally, and socially. Studies show that students can have a hard time if they lack these basic mental skills, not only academically, but in their successes and happiness as adults. In this episode, we'll get an inside look at what SB Unified has been doing to support social-emotional learning in their efforts to create a more well-rounded educational system to help students and teachers build these lifelong skills. We have the pleasure of interviewing Fran Wagenek, Assistant Superintendent of Student Services, Laura Wooster-Dorfman, Student Engagement TOSA, and Rebecca Booker, Counselor at Dos Pueblos High School. We asked Rebecca, who counsels many students and supports students trying to navigate their life, to share some of the things that she and her counseling team see students really struggling with. Well, I think in general, um, we have seen a real rise of anxiety and depression. Those are probably the two biggest mental health issues that we see. Um, There's an increase of students needing different kinds of accommodations to deal with mental health issues. Like some students might be afraid to... um, to fail, do things wrong, or to be judged. So some students like have trouble doing presentations or doing something where they're going to have the spotlight on them. Um, also, sometimes uh, having trouble making decisions and fear of making wrong decisions. Um, there's also just a lot of stress about grades and uh, college. A lot of our students have various issues going on at home or in their social lives. Of course, relationship stuff is, is nothing new. Um, but I think some of the implications of all of these issues can be um, impacting their school because maybe they are missing school, they fall behind in their schoolwork. A lot of students have panic attacks at school and have to be outside their classroom, um, maybe becoming tearful and afraid of, of crying in class. So. Yeah, I think between anxiety and depression, those are what we see the most. Of course, right now, we also are dealing with a lot of grief. That's just kind of a, an ongoing issue for different students. Um, but currently, right now, in our community, as we know, we've gone through a few big, big tragedies. And so grief is coming out a lot um, as well. We asked Fran Wagenick to share, from the district perspective, why it was time to make social-emotional learning a priority for both teachers and students. 
Well, we've been seeing a lot. I mean, a lot over many years. And I think what really brought us to the point of emphasizing social emotional learning was our academic outcomes. The research really points to the fact that you cannot have academic success without having the conditions for learning in place. And so the conditions of learning like support and care and connections in a classroom, students feeling like they're understood and and being able to manage their emotions and have relationships with their teachers and other other students. So when those things aren't in place, um, you're not going to see the kind of academic outcomes for for students that we want to have. And so that's really the impetus for all of this work. Rebecca voiced the same concerns about students not being in a place to learn if they are struggling emotionally. Well, I think, as we know, our district really has been focusing this year on that shift to the whole child rather than just trying to educate students in isolation and just teaching academics, but really looking at at the whole child. And we, I think we're realizing now that students can't really learn when they're not okay. Mm -hmm. So being able to have uh, a little more understanding, having a little bit more, um, again, empathy on what students are going through and that we really need to meet each student where they're at and not try to have the same approach to every student and teaching them those skills. And and we'll get to there. I know not everyone knows how to teach those skills, but but starting with small things can really make a big difference in and connecting, and really it's about that connection with the student. We asked Laura Wooster-Dorfman, the student engagement TOSA, about support systems the district has in place for both staff and students. Here's what she had to say. We have part of us thinking through the process of social-emotional learning and how we bring it to our district in a more intentional manner is that we thought that we would start with adults. So we obviously have social-emotional learning happening in the classrooms and we have supports on different campuses um, that vary campus to campus. But this year as a district, we really put emphasis on focusing on the wellness of our adults. And so this year we've started a couple of things. Um, One is called Choose Your Own Wellness Adventure. And we have um, classes through NEO where um, we are offering different wellness opportunities like Tai Chi or hikes or yoga classes. Um, And certificated and classified staff can go onto these NEO classes and see the opportunities. And then they can also participate in submitting reflections of different wellness opportunities they're doing on their own. So it doesn't have to be with the district. Um, And then we've collected from our community lots of prizes, probably um, like $3,500 to $4,000 in prizes just for this project. And so we've been trying to contribute to the wellness of our members by giving them more opportunities to practice that with fun opportunities um, through those prizes. And then we also have the Educator Resilience Project, which Helen Murdoch and I um, started last year and we're continuing this year. And that's for certificated staff um, following a couple of books from Elena Aguilar called Onward. So there's a book that you read with a theme every month and then also a workbook with different activities to complete um, to develop your resilience as an educator. So we have that as well. And then I think that um, just our district has been doing a lot of work to lend support to campuses with the placement of deans at our secondary sites. Um, We have FSA counselors and calm therapists. Um, 
We have AHA at a lot of our sites and also doing district trainings. And so there are other um, personnel supports as well on varied campuses. Fran talked about how educators' health needs to be a priority in such a high-stress and demanding job. We work in a really high-burnout profession. And so we want to take care of teachers and other um, staff members um, by providing them with the skills to reflect on what's going on with themselves, to take care of themselves. And then I thoroughly believe in this concept of the cascade effect where um, people who are feeling well and who are healthy, then that um, cascades down to those who are around them, other teachers, other adults, but um, especially the students. And I don't think you can um, teach something that you don't have. And so before we ask teachers to implement social-emotional learning in the classroom, they, they need to have it for themselves. Here's what Rebecca had to say about the support systems in place at the secondary sites. So we have quite a few um, in our district and on campus. So we have um, on every high school campus, we've got girls groups and boys groups. We have hospice. So even though lately the hospice of Santa Barbara has had a greater presence on the school campuses, they're here on an ongoing basis. We have a hospice counselor here every week that runs a group and also sees students individually. We have at each of the high school, there's around three either part-time or full-time therapists available to see students individually. Um, we have Alateen on our campus that runs a bi-weekly group for students who uh, may have someone in their life affected by alcohol or drugs. Um, and then, as we know, the, the district this year has also put a lot of focus on self-care for mm -hmm. staff and put out a lot of resources and things for staff. We have the SAVE program uh, that's available to staff at no cost, and hospice is also available to staff, not just students, but also staff. Um, that, that needs support. In my interview with Rebecca, she talked about the youth wellness clubs at each of the high school campuses. Here is what she had to say about the impact they are having. It's, um, it's a great club. The focus is reducing the stigma around mental health. Mm. So we have a monthly campaign that has to do with mental health. So for example, it might be um, suicide awareness, healthy relationships, uh, you matter. So different kind of campaigns that uh, the students go out and will have lunchtime booths or have posters. A lot of the teachers now have, have big posters on their walls with some sort of positive mental health message. Yeah. Um, and it's a great, a great group to be a part of. With a lot of emphasis put on wellness at the secondary sites, because teens are often looked at as a higher risk group, we were curious to know what support systems are currently in place at our elementary schools. Here's what Fran had to say. We're in our second year of working with Calm, and there is actually a Calm therapist at each of our elementary schools. And um, Calm approaches um, mental and emotional wellness for children from a trauma-informed lens. And so really what that means is um, they do more than just work with students in a one-on-one -on -one therapeutic setting. They actually emphasize going into classrooms and working with teachers to help the teachers um, you know, add to their toolboxes um, so that they can um, have effective behavioral responses, not just to the, the student in question who's, who's struggling, but also to apply that to the whole 
to the whole classroom. And so the idea of having calm in the schools is um, to create these trauma-informed schools that understand the why behind what's going on with students. As educators, we are always looking for tools or resources to better support our students. We asked Laura for some easy things that teachers can do in their classrooms to help support social-emotional learning. Here's what Laura had to say. Um, I think the first thing is just remembering to place an emphasis on relationships, and that's relationships with their coworkers and their peers, but also relationships with their students and also students' relationships with each other. Um, I think the first step to being able to um, work on those pro-social behaviors is knowing the name of the kid that sits next to you or um, knowing a fun fact about your teacher or just being able to know the people. So working on relationships is the first one, which I know many people do. Um, but I also think that continuing that work throughout the year, not just doing it at the beginning of the year to get to know your class, but continuing that work because you change week to week. So teenagers and little kids definitely mm -hmm. do as well. Um, and then also um, Castle has a list of three social emotional learning signature practices. Um, and they say that each day should have these signature practices. And the first one is welcoming routines and rituals. So just starting your day or starting the class period with an activity for inclusion. So how can you just warm up to the day, check in with each student quickly, do an activity to include all people and start off on a positive note. Um, the second is engaging pedagogy. So um, how do you have brain breaks? How do you work on transitions? Um, what sense making is happening within your classroom? And the third is a piece of optimistic closure. So how do you reflect on the day? How do you reflect on that learning? And how do you prepare to move forward the next day or to your next class, etc.? So I think that if you think as a teacher in terms of how can I integrate these three things into my daily practice, then that's a great first step. Rebecca also had some suggestions for what teachers can do in their classrooms to support social emotional learning. I mean, I guess I would really just say get to know your students and, and pretty early on to know what motivates them, what they might be going on rather than just trying to teach them all the same way. You know, I think um, one of the easiest things is really empathy and just trying to really imagine what that student might be going through mm -hmm. and not just assuming. I think it's easy to assume if a student's not doing their work, it's because they're not engaged or they're not interested, um, where really there might be a lot of other stuff going on. So what's happening on the surface is not really what might be going on. So having that that empathy, um, I think some things that some teachers do, they might do uh check-in like a kind of a sentence check-in sentence starter in the mornings mm -hmm. the beginning of the class or as they're taking attendance just kind of a one-word check-in about how they're feeling just to get a pulse on each student for that day to be able to gauge their where they're at mm -hmm. and kind of their maybe their level of motivation that day I think that's something that can be um, helpful. We asked about resources for teachers that want to learn more about incorporating social-emotional learning habits into their daily practices. Laura shared some good places to start looking for more information. Yeah, so I think that CASEL is huge. It stands for the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, and they have so many resources. They do a lot of um, program evaluations. They also just have lessons on there. Um, they also 
uh, curate social like they have a Twitter account that has great resources that they link to as well and then there are also individual programs and many have free resources so one that I have looked through a lot is called the Jesse Lewis choose love movement and they have curriculum for all grades online for free so there's a lot of things that they're like that um, also we have the aha trainings within our district and those are a resource that the district office is um, funding and covering subs for if subs are needed um, and also I am one person but I am here to help support teachers as well whether that's going into classrooms and just observing and giving feedback or being a thought partner to talk through lessons or giving ideas for different activities I'm also a, an on campus on in district resource as well. Fran indicated that social emotional learning doesn't have to be something extra that teachers do in their classes. I feel strongly about um, the fact that teachers should not feel like social emotional learning is one more thing they have to do in the classroom, but rather that um, it's something that they can discover ways to implement it into what they already do. And so being able to look through a lens of social emotional learning and see if an English teacher is having students read a short story that that they see lessons related to, um, you know, self-regulation or stress management or sense of belonging or having a growth mindset, all these things that are essential, that they can point those things out. So it's not about creating new lessons, but rather giving students opportunity to recognize it in the curriculum as it's already there. I think of math, like how would you do social emotional learning in a math class? Well, um, having academic tenacity is um, one of the building blocks of social emotional learning, learning to persevere, um, being in good relationship with others when you're working in groups. All these pieces are there. So it's not another thing to do, but rather just an awareness to have and um, point it out to students and be purposeful about pointing it out seems to be the way to go. People keep asking me, well, can we buy this curriculum or that curriculum? I think really the direction to go as a district is to help teachers see that, that they already have all these opportunities to do social emotional learning in the classroom and, and how to make that happen without adding more. Laura and Fran remarked on the idea that it is everyone's responsibility on a campus to participate in social-emotional learning. And I also think, too, that we're talking a lot about teachers and what can be done in the classroom, but we also, as a district, are focusing on all adults. So it's not just teachers. It's how does the custodian talk to teacher or talk to students when they see a conflict or when they see something going wrong? How does campus safety interact with students? How do um, parent volunteers work with students? So it's it's all adults and students. It's not just the teacher's responsibility, right. but any other adult working on campus. And I'll say it's important um, that you know, district leadership has participated in the social emotional learning trainings and and um, administrators working with teachers and and parents and so forth. So um, really, it has to be our whole organization um, because stress management, relationships, all of that, that those are lifelong skills and they're inherent in any profession. Some schools have already been making huge strides with social-emotional learning. 
Principal Elise Simmons at Santa Barbara High School has had AHA work with her staff over the past two years to train them on the five social-emotional learning competencies. Some schools have already had success incorporating social-emotional learning school-wide. Harding Elementary School has been using a program called Raising Lions for the last few years, and Santa Barbara Community Academy has been using a program called Kind Mind and weaving social-emotional learning throughout the academic curriculum. Franklin Elementary School was just named a California Distinguished School. Principal Casey Kilgore supported her staff in doing character education and social-emotional learning for a number of years, which has led to their academic success. The, the work around social-emotional learning is about helping teachers have an enhanced, uh, like enhancing the climate in their classrooms, at their schools, um, that we talk so much about school safety. and we can harden schools by having, you know, fences and metal detectors. We can do all cameras. We can do all those things. But school safety really is going to come from people being in good relationships with each other, from kids and adults um, feeling like they are emotionally safe. And um, social emotional learning is the key to making all of that happen. Developing an emphasis on social-emotional learning in schools will lead to a more supportive space for students. It will produce more socially responsible citizens with lifelong skills who are better prepared to work together and build a stronger community. This concludes our episode on social-emotional learning. We hope you had some takeaways and that you were able to gain some insights and ideas on how you might be able to use some of these strategies you heard about today. And we'd like to thank Rebecca Bucher, Fran Wagenek, and Laura Wooster-Dorfman for their time and for sharing with us today. If you have any additional questions, you can reach out to any of them for more information about social-emotional learning. Join us for our next episode, where we will be exploring the world of competency-based education, which is a redesign of traditional teaching practices that empower students to take ownership of their learning. You will get an inside look at how the Academy for Success is making the shift towards CBE. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. If you like what you heard, consider giving us a five-star review. It helps others find us when searching through educational podcasts. Follow us or reach out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast, or send an email to podcast at sbunified.org. Until next time, this is the Santa Barbara Unified Looped In Podcast. Connecting educators, sharing ideas, and improving practices throughout our district.